beautiful song. Beautiful song. Thank the Lord. I'll tell you what, aren't we blessed to have the Lord, huh? I'll tell you what, I feel so sorry for folks who don't know Christ and they're looking for happiness and in everything. You know, even with Thanksgiving, all folks are looking for happiness in a meal. I'll tell you what, I can sure enjoy a meal. But I'll tell you what, that meal soon wears off. But I'll tell you what I got when I got Jesus. It has never wore off. Amen. Thank the Lord. I'm so glad for him today. Be, look at his hands at the time of my message. Let's ask God to help us now. Father, thank you again for the time. Thank you for each and every one that is here this morning. And Lord, I, I, I know it's a special day as we think of uh, this day of uh, the resurrection. And uh, we're thankful, Lord, that you went to that cross and died for us. And Lord, I just pray now, help us to have our hearts tender as we know what this day is all about. We might apply this message to our hearts. And Lord, we'll thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at his hands. One of the things that I miss from the time of COVID, which I missed a lot of stuff during COVID time, amen. And, uh, but one of the things I missed was shaking hands. I really did. I, I know some people just don't like to shake hands. You know, maybe you're, uh, uh, what is it, when you're a germaholic or no, you're not a germaholic. You're a germaphobe. Germaholic, it's like, <laughs> get all the germs I can. <laughs> Let me start all over again here, all right? Uh, aren't you glad you have a preacher that's nuts, you know? You can, watch it, I heard a few of those things. But uh, I, I, I really did. I, I, I missed the shaking of hands. Everybody was afraid to touch everything. I remember how that, remember we, we were scared at first, and we went and put yellow tape around every other pew, you know, because, because COVID germs would not cross yellow tape. <laughs> now, we, really, we really were lucky because it was construction tape. It wasn't like do not cross this line type tape, but, uh, you know, or police tape. But uh, we, put, we had tape up. We went through. Remember, remember some of you folks came and, and, uh, uh, and, and helped us wipe down everything with those wipes, you know, and, uh, which were made in China, by the way. But uh, we brought those wipes and we wiped down everything, you know, to get rid of all the germs. And we washed our hands and, 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 and people wearing masks. I must say it helps cover up a lot of ugly when you wear a mask. But, uh, uh, but a bunch of, bunch of crazy, crazy stuff went on. But... I, I missed that. I missed, you know, uh, uh, a lot of different things because of that. But one of the things I, I really missed was uh, shaking hands. It's just something about a touch. I was thinking one day, I was down in Florida. I went with my wife. I didn't go by myself and leave her home because I love her. But I found out this, you can live fellows without her being around all the time. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know where that voice came from, but I think right now the wife knows probably where it came from. Was that you, Gary? Was it? All right. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what the voice was until I looked up a moment, and then Gary's like, it was me, man. It was me. But I... Uh, I was down, we were down in Florida one time, we went to Brother Buffington's church, he had a great church down there, and I think Brother Buffington's in heaven now, but that was many years ago, and went there, and he had a guest 
speaker, evangelist there, B.R. Lakin. I don't know if you ever heard of him before. He was an old preacher. And uh, boy, what a, what a man of God that he was. But I had never met him before, but I knew of him. And, uh, and we knew that he was there. And so my father-in-law said, hey, let's go to Brother Buffington's church and let's hear him tonight. It was a special meeting. And so we drove over there about an hour away, I guess it was or so. And, and we got to the church and we got there really early. And so I'm walking around the church looking and there's a book table out front there. And there's this older man, older, what I'm saying, probably 68, soon to be 69. And uh, he's walking all around there. And and uh, I, I'm looking at the books, and the man walked over, and I thought, oh, they have, they have one of the deacons or an usher that is looking over the book table. And I thought that was nice, so no one steals it. And I'm looking at the books, had no clue what, who this was. And I, I picked up one book, and he goes, oh, that's my favorite. And I thought, well, good for you. I'm glad you're favorite. And he says, I really enjoyed writing that book. I said, are you? I mean, this dumb, this dumb question, I said, are you Dr. Buffington? It, oh, yeah, it wasn't Buffington. Buffington was a preacher. Well, I'm glad you're back. Why don't you come up here, woman, and tell the story? It, would, you, would you stop now? You understand now how I enjoyed last week? <laughs> but B.R. Lakin, he goes... He goes, I looked, it's written by B.R. Lake, and he goes, I enjoyed writing that. And I, and I said, are you B.R. Lakin? And he says, I am. You know what I did? I wanted to shake his hand. I was impressed. I wanted to shake his hand. I remember shaking the hand of that great man of God. What a blessing it was. I thought about one time I was in pastor school in Hammond. And uh, we, were, we were sitting there way back towards the back on the lower floor. And I looked over and here was, here was uh, uh, Dr. Lee Robertson. And I'm like, there's Dr. Robertson. I mean, this man I've heard about for years. And the, with that, that time, the great Tennessee temple, that was a long time ago in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, and I thought, there he is right there. And uh, Mark, I, you and I went over and, and you know what I did? Reached my hand out and shook his hand. This hand shook the hand of B.R. Lakin and uh, 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 Brother, Brother Robertson. And uh, I, I thought, you know, that was something. I, I touched their hand. I think about my dad one day. He had a security business, and, 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 a, and a very special man was coming to town. And his name was Ronald Reagan. You ever hear of him before? And Ronald Reagan came there. He was, he was, he was uh, out uh, campaigning at that time, and he came there, and my dad helped there with, with the security, and, and he had his own business and that, and, but he's helping out there. And, and Ronald Reagan came out out of, the, out of the limousine there, and he walked out shaking hands, and he walked over to my dad, and he shook my dad's hand. I was so impressed. The touch of a hand. Touch some special hands of people that are important. And there's just something about it. Why is it that when I meet someone like that, I want to want to shake their hand? But I think about this: when we come into church, you may not like germs, and I don't like germs either. But there's something about a touch from a hand. Sometimes it's a hand on the shoulder. Maybe just a shaking of a hand. You see, preacher, this is Easter. We're talking about the risen Savior. I know we're talking about the risen Savior. And you know what he mentioned? He says, look at my hands and look at my feet. 
There's been times I've gone through some rough times in life too. We all do sometimes, don't we? Sometimes I felt like I could walk out of my office without opening the door by the, under that little crack. You feel so low, and I get in the car, and sometimes on a sunny night we're going home, and I'm just feeling so low. And all of a sudden, my wife's sitting there, and she doesn't have to say a word. All of a sudden, she just reaches over and touches me with her hand. There's something about a touch of a person's hand. Now, I've never been afraid to shake hands with people. I've shaken hands with people out in their gardens working, and I go there, and I say, well, I'm Pastor Biter, and, and they go, oh, I'm so-and-so. And I say, well, it's good to meet you, and they go, oh, my hand's dirty. You know what I'll say? I don't care. That's all right. Because there's something about the touch. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like the mud on my hands or the dirt, and I've done it to, to, to mechanics, too. They go, I've got grease on my hands. That's all right. You know, things wash off. But it's just something a person gets when someone's willing to reach out their hand and touch them. When the Apostle Paul and Barnabas went on the first missionary trip, the Bible tells us that they journeyed there to the church of Antioch, and the Bible says they gathered themselves together. And listen to what they did. They laid their hands on them. Just laid their hands on them. I thought about when the deacons were chosen in Acts chapter number 6. What did they do? They laid their hands on them. Now understand as they did, they prayed for them, and we oftentimes can do that. We could do that too. I remember when I was ordained, and uh, they ordained me at my graduation from college. And I remember we all, all the preacher boys went to the altar, and we knelt there. We took our hats, the, the, I don't know what they call those hats that you have when you graduate, you know, but you took that off, and you laid it down, and we knelt there, and we began to pray. And the church folks all began to pray for us, but the deacons would walk by, and all of a sudden you'd feel the touch of their hands. They'd place their hands on our head, and we, they would pray for us, that God would use us. I still could almost feel those hands on my head as the deacons walked by and placed their hands on our head. I read in Mark chapter number 10, in verse number 13 through 16, it says, And they brought young children to him, listen to this, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little ones to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up into his arms. And here it is, put his hands upon them and blessed them. How many times, you know, you see a little kid, you reach over and you just pat him on top of the head. Now, what is that? You know, I know we live in a wicked world today, but I really believe what it's really all about is this, a sign of affection. Of taking someone's hand and shaking it, squeezing it, and just saying, glad you're here. That's a sign of affection. It's a sign of affection when we come by, at oftentimes, at a, at a, at a funeral. We reach out. And we touch that hand, and we shake that hand, we put that hand on that person's shoulder. Many times I've, I've prayed with someone, and I go and I put my hand on the, on the man's shoulder, and, I, and, I, and, I, and we begin to pray. And I'm, I'm not talking about this, having our hands all over each other. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about something perverted. I'm talking about something special, the touch of a hand. The disciples got all upset that day they brought children. 
They thought, well, we don't want these kids around Jesus. But you know what? I liked the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children, All the Children of the World. When I think about that, as I oftentimes say, I like to picture the word of God as I read it. And I picture Jesus sitting there, and and these little children come over to him. People say, well, get the kids away from them. No, it's good to have the kids there around Jesus. And he touched them. You know, I wonder how many of those little kids said, you know what, Jesus touched me. Jesus put his hand on me. Oh, that special touch. I know, again, we have a perverted world about these things. But I'm talking about something that's pure. You know, it's a shame that we live in a world like we do today, but you know, there's, some, there's a purity of that little touch, that loving touch. And the Lord said, let the little kids come to me. And he loved them. I'm glad that Jesus touched me one day. Oh, I didn't have his physical hand come and touch me. But thank the Lord he was willing to save me. And he touched my heart and brought conviction there. In John number 13, John 13, our Lord, after the supper, told the disciples there, he had them all sit down, and then he girded himself, and he began to wash their feet. So he begins to wash the feet of the disciples, and of course, back in those days, they didn't have covered shoes. They had sandals that they would walk in. Their their feet would get really dirty. They'd walk through the dirt. Their feet would get dirty, and the Lord there said, I'm going to wash your feet. But there was one fellow there that didn't want that to happen, thought he, that he shouldn't be having the Lord wash his feet. But the Lord said, let me wash your feet. And Peter was there, and he says, oh, no, you're not going to wash my feet. And I think Peter had the, had the right intention there to say, Lord, you don't need to do that. My, my feet are dirty. You don't need to put your hands on my feet and wash my feet. But our Lord was showing the intimacy, if you will, the love that he had for those men, that he was willing to touch those dirty and may I say, stinking feet, because he loved them. And the Lord said, if you don't let me wash your feet, that means you have nothing to do with me. And Peter didn't want that to happen. And Peter then said, why don't you just give me a bath? Didn't he? I mean, it doesn't say that in the King James, but I think maybe that's what it meant. He said, just wash me all over. He was willing, just, just wash it all. You know, the Lord was saying this. Why did he do that? That was not saving them. They did did not get saved by that water that he washed their feet with. That was showing his compassion for them. That was showing them that he loved them and cared about them. The hands of Christ. Those same hands, the Bible says, were pierced. Go with me, keep your place there in Luke, but go with me back to Psalm number 22, would you, for a moment? In Psalm number 22, you understand that the Bible, this whole Bible just points to the coming of Christ, our Savior. In Psalm 22, it's talking about the Lord and and how that that he was was bruised for us and he died for us upon the cross of Calvary. But if you go with me to Psalm 22, look at verse number 16. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. And then he said this, they pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Do you, you understand? That sounds familiar what happened there that day on the cross of Calvary. What I want you to notice there, they pierced his hands and his feet. Those hands that were that special touch to those children, 
Those hands that did the miracles were the hands that were pierced with nails of hate. I mean, it's almost kind of like comprehend how man could hate Jesus like that. And yet they did. The Jews cried out, crucify him. And I think, you think, why would they say something like that? He came unto them. He wanted to save them. And they cried out, crucify him. The Jews knew what it meant to crucify somebody. They knew that he would be nailed to a cross and his feet and his hands would be pierced by those nails. What was to cause that hatred for him? And yet he was willing to do that for his love for them. The hands of Christ. The hands that one day reached down and lifted up the mother-in-law of Peter. You know, a lot of times folks say, well, you know, Peter was the first pope. Well, I'll tell you this. He wasn't the first pope, and I'll tell you this too. He had a wife. You say, how do you know he had a wife? Who in the world has a mother-in-law that doesn't have a wife? Amen? My, my son-in-law goes around and tells everybody, said, when my wife comes around, he says, this is my, favorites, my favorite mother-in-law. That's easy, because every man ought to only have one. Some of you didn't get that at first, did you, until I brought up the, right, the, the thing about it. But, you know, you know, think about it. He had a mother-in-law. His mother-in-law is there. She's sick. She's dying in the bed. What happened? Jesus came by, touched her, raised her up. Those same hands that were pierced one day on the cross. The sins of mankind placed those nails and those spikes in the hands. Those precious hands of Christ. Those hands were always doing good. Those hands that were always encouraging people. Imagine how many times our Savior just put his hands on someone and said, it'll be all right. You know, when I think about, you know, some of the great miracles the Lord did in, 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 in the Lord, you know, when, 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 uh, when sometimes folks die, he raised them from the dead. Amen. And I, and I think about, you know, uh, 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 about Lazarus being raised from the dead. I think about his sisters. I wonder if the Lord walked over to his sisters and, and just put their hand, his hand on their shoulder and said, it's going to be all right. And I said, but Lord, you don't understand. He's been in the grave now so long he stinketh. Meaning this, he began to decompose. Why, this is not a good time to go there. But our Lord wasn't afraid of that. Our Lord knew what he was doing. And we just could see him consoling Mary and Martha saying, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And all of a sudden he's... He yells out, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out. And he'd tell him, loose him. He still had all that windings around him, the, the grave clothes. They said, loose him. And Lazarus, they began to pull all that off and he was okay. Because our Savior loved people. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Even before the cross of Calvary, showing the, the ultimate sacrifice for that, he went about and he touched folks with his hands. In the hands of Christ is the gospel. In his hands is the way of salvation. In his hands, as a safe person, he'll find out how to live. You say, preacher, I don't know I'm going to heaven. Look to the hands of Jesus. So why his hands they pierced? I like one time a man was in a hospital and someone said, should I call someone to come and forgive you of your sins before you die? You're dying. Should I have someone? And he said, they make sure they have a pierced hand. 
Nobody can absolve your sins. No one can take your sins away. Only the hands that were pierced on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ. The nail-scarred hands. How wonderful it is to be born again. Amen. How wonderful it is to know that you're saved. But we must understand what took place was Jesus was pierced for our sins. They put that crown of thorns on his head. I believe they jammed it on his head till the blood. And you ever had an had a injury to the head before? It bleeds terribly. The blood must have flown. I don't think anyone would have a picture of Jesus on the cross of Calvary that really depicted how he was. The crown of thorns piercing his brow. The nails put going through his hands to hold him to the cross of Calvary. The nails through his feet. Near that cross, and oftentimes I think about how the hole was dug. They laid Jesus on that old rugged cross. I still love that song, don't you? The old rugged cross. They laid Jesus on that old rugged cross and kneeled his hands and his feet there. And then they had to set him up and take that, begin to take that post and begin to slide it up. I think about how when they put that flag post outside there, that uh, uh, outside here. I remember they had it laying on the ground and took a tractor trailer. It's 30 feet tall. They took a tractor trailer, brought it here, and they laid it on the ground. And the way they put it up, the man got at the one end of it, and he began to walk, and he lifted it up, and he walked it. And that end was right there at that hole. And he got it up so far, and then all of a sudden it went, Shroom. I'm thinking about my Savior on the cross of Calvary. As the men began to hold that cross and push it up, into that hole, and all of a sudden it came to that spot where it had to go down in the hole, and all of a sudden, shaboom! Can you imagine the pain on his hands as it hit the bottom of that hole? His feet, his body, the pain it went through. For you and I. There the blood is dripping from the hands of the one that touched the little children's head said let them all come to me those same hands that washed the disciples feet thank the Lord that he did that for us but you know what he said preacher I'm saved I'm on my way to heaven we still need his hands we need to live in the hands of Christ we need to have the hands of Christ around us and on us those bleeding hands he gives us eternal life with those bleeding hands he gives us guidance too I look today and I think what in the world's going on in America we live in a very wicked world today I believe America is pretty much just like Sodom and Gomorrah and we know what happened there so I don't think it's that bad read about Sodom and Gomorrah Read about it, and you see the same exact thing played out all the time, almost every day in America today. We're in big trouble. We are in big trouble. I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm saying this. But you know what? We have somebody that loves us and will take care of us in these troubled days. You know, Lot had a righteous soul, but he was sure a mess. But he got out of Sodom. This old world we live in, one of these days we're getting out of this old world too. When the trumpet sounds, 
The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him. But it's because of those bleeding hands that gave us eternal life. Because of those bleeding hands, it gives us guidance every day. And I thought, you know, our country would not be in the mess it is in today if we were to be in the hands of our Lord. I think Vernon and I were talking in the... Vernon, where are you? There you are. But Vernon and I, we were talking yesterday, and he said about all the new stuff that's coming out in the churches and how the church is all going contemporary. And you know what? This is true. The contemporary stuff is not making us better. It's making us more comfortable with the world think about that one for a moment it's making us more comfortable we find something this is all right for my worldly attitudes that's what they're saying and i thought you know our problem is this that we wanted the lord to save us we thank the lord for the blood but we don't want to live in the hands of our lord if the hands are good enough to save us the hands are good enough to guide us amen they're good enough to guide us. And those hands bring us comfort. And they give us strength in the difficult times. You know, sometimes we go through some hard, difficult things, don't we? One of those hard, difficult times is when the death of a loved one happens. We need strength. We need a touch. And how many times, I, you know, we just mentioned here, at funerals, we went to a funeral, and you hold, and you touch someone's hand, or you hold their hand. You see families where they grasp each other's hand. There's something about that. And what we understand is we need the hand of the Lord in those difficult times. Well, Jesus was nailed to the cross of Calvary. And then they came to take his body down. He couldn't stay on that cross. They had to get down his body they came and they took his body and they wrapped it. Wrapped his body all up in these grave clothes. They took him and they buried him in a tomb. I'm sure glad they didn't burn him on fire like they do today. But buried him in a tomb. And in that tomb was those precious hands. I begin to think, you know, when they took Jesus and they wrapped his body. Where were his hands? I'm, I'm, I don't. I, I couldn't tell you this for sure, but I just have a feeling. Maybe they took his hands and just placed them like this. I thought maybe at first it was like just straight down, but I just have a feeling those those men who came and and got Jesus' body took those precious hands that he touched. Those little kids, those precious hands that healed, those precious hands that lifted people up. That encouraged, they took his hands and they placed it across his chest. They wrapped him up. As they wrapped him up, I can imagine they're thinking his hands will not touch anyone else now. I'm sure the world would even think that too. You know, it, it, uh, that people, people, uh, the, 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 the hands will not do anything else for anyone else. But the thing was that his hands were lifeless there for a, few, for a few days. But after three days and three nights, those hands began to move again. I'm glad he didn't stay in the tomb. I'm glad I serve a risen Savior. A risen Savior. So after three days and three nights, those precious hands had laid still, and now they move again. And the Bible says... 
when he was about to ascend, if you're there in Luke chapter number 24, go with me to verse number 50. Look what he did just before he ascended back to heaven. And he led them out as far as to Bethany and he lifted up, well, there you go, lifted up his hands and blessed them. You know, I began to think if you're standing in the crowd and there was Jesus, he lifted his hands up. I'm sure the people looked and said, there, I know it's Jesus. Because look at his hands. They were pierced. Even before he, had, he rose on back to heaven, he lifted up his hands. The hands of our Savior. Precious hands. I believe those hands still have scars in them. I think one of the things that we're going to see in heaven is the scars on our Savior's hands. I'll be honest with you, I don't like seeing wounds. But I think when I get to heaven, I won't have all the goofy stuff about human life. I think we'll look and say, right there, proof, it's Jesus. And it's proof he loves me. Proof he loves me. When our Lord came to the disciples after the resurrection, the Bible says in John 20, 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I, and this is talking about Thomas. Remember, Thomas didn't show up the first time. That first Sunday night, he didn't come. He missed it. He missed it. Here Jesus showed up. What a thing he missed, huh? And what happened? See, they told him, Man, Jesus was here last Sunday night. And he says, well, he goes, I, I'm not going to believe it's Jesus till I'm able to do something. What did he say he wanted to do? Listen to it. Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. You understand how important the hands were to Thomas? He says, I'm not going to believe it till I see those hands and I'm able to touch that. Those precious hands, the Bible goes on to say in John 20, verse 27, Then saith he to Thomas, the Lord said this to him, because when he came back that second week, there what happened, Jesus came back again. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Behold my hands. said, Peter, go ahead, look at them. There they are. Go ahead, touch my side. They pierced his side proof of who he was but I thought really interesting again the hands the hands that raised people up the, ra- the hands that encouraged people I believe when we get to heaven I believe one of the things we'll see is the scars in his hands a constant reminder to all of us of what Christ did for us but then I find the last Mention of his hands found in the Bible is Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, (laughs) praise the Lord, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. What about you today? 
You say, what about me, preacher? His hands were nailed to the cross for you. So you can have eternal life. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I, we, ran into people, we run into people like that all the time out soul. I just believe I'm going to heaven because I'm doing the best I can. The best you can is good enough for hell. You need the one who has the pierced hands to save you. You see, his hands were nailed to the cross for you. He was nailed to the cross for your sins. And I say this morning, if you're not sure you're going to heaven, behold the hands of Jesus. But may I speak to you folks that know Christ as your Savior, how wonderful it is to know you're saved. But understand this. Those hands that blessed the children, raised up the widow, and healed the Pe Peter's mother-in-law, and touched the leper. You know what he wants to do with his hands today? Touch our lives. I need God's touch. We all do. How many times we pray for different folks, and I know even this morning we were praying in that Sunday school time, and I pray, Lord, touch them. Those hands. In our life, you know, you say, but preacher, I've got so many problems. You ever stop and think? If you let the Lord touch your life, you wouldn't have all those problems. Look and say, how come we're where we're at today? Because we left the nail-scarred hands. A song. See, like the last few weeks, I've always had a song to give to you. And aren't you glad I don't sing them to you? Especially after Seth sang that song so well, I'd sound like a howling coon dog at night. <laughs> Listen to the words. Have you failed in your plan of your storm-tossed life? Place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. Are you weary and worn from its toil and strife? Place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. Are you walking alone through the shadows dim? Place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. Christ will comfort your heart. Put your trust in him. Place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. Would you follow the will of the risen Lord? Place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. Would you live in the light of his blessed word? Place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. Is your soul burdened down with its load of sin, place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. Throw your heart open wide, let the Savior in. Place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. And the chorus says this, place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. Place your hand in the nail-scarred hand. He will keep to the end. He's your dearest friend. Place your hand. In the nail-scarred hand. Oh. I wish we'd get it. I wish we'd let it sink in. And we need. The touch of the nail-scarred hand. We need to get there. So he can touch us. Remember what happened. They brought the children. And then there were some trying to keep us away. The world's going to try to keep you away from his hands. But Jesus said no. Let him come to me. Let him come to me. And here's the thing. If you'll come to him, he'll touch your life. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. He can save your soul right here and now today. 
He said, Preacher, I'm saved, but I'm a mess. Let him touch your life. Let him touch your life. Or you can keep running from his touch. But let the nail-scarred hand touch your life today. It'll change everything. Amen. So the touch is an important thing, and especially the touch of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this time again this morning. We thank you, Lord, as we focused our attention this morning on your hand and that touch of your hand. Oftentimes I think about those that you touched and you healed their bodies. I think, oh my, what something to have that touch. I think about folks that I've touched their hands and shook hands with them. I think about these dear people in this room. I shook hands with many of the folks here today. And to me it was special. Just glad to be able to give that little touch. I thank you, Lord, that you touched my life one day. But Lord, I continually need your touch each and every day. Our world's a mess. And the answer is a touch from the hand of the Lord. We've tried our education and that didn't work. We've tried our own ideas and that surely hasn't worked either. We've tried walking away from you and tried the touch of everyone else, but it's not worked at all. We need the touch of the Lord. I pray, Lord, if there's somebody in this room here right now not saved, I pray they get saved today. And I pray every Christian might just get so close to you as possibly can so you can reach out and touch them. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning. I wonder if you're here this morning and you don't know for sure you're going to heaven. You can know that. I wonder if there'd be anyone say, Preacher, if I die right now, I'm not sure of heaven, but I'd like to settle that. I want the Lord to save my soul right now. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I, that's me. I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. I trust you know the Lord's your Savior. How's your life? How's your life? I, I know you can come up with all kinds of blame. But you know what? Most of the problems are from us walking away and staying away from the Lord. And we need his touch. There's not a problem in this old world that could be corrected if man would get close to the Lord. I believe God has the answer for everything. Maybe this morning, Christian, are you walking in close to the hand of the Lord? Let him touch your life. Let him take his hand and guide you. Quit trying to make your own decisions and let God guide you. Let the Lord touch you today. In a moment, we have an invitation. If you're not saved, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. But this invitation is open to save people too. Maybe this morning we just ought to say, God, Lord Jesus, touch my life. Touch my life. Father, bless the invitation time. Now I pray your will be done. Speak to us, Lord, if there's somebody not saved, to get saved today. And I pray for Christians today that we would desire a touch from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.